This is Everything Film with Film Robot on BNN Bloomberg Radio in Vancouver. Now back to your hosts, Joe Leary and Patrick Shelton. We are back at the Shark Club in downtown Vancouver for Everything Film. As we discovered earlier, this is Season 2, Episode 3. The little idea that just grows and grows and grows. And we've got a full production team now. We've got cameras. We've got action. We've got lights. We've got everything. Patrick Shelton, Joe Leary from the uh, Shark Club. And our guest is Gingera Mitchell. Now, first of all, congratulations. You're a recently newlywed. I'm a newlywed, yes. And <laughs> she has wed a previous guest of our show. Do you yes. You, yes. You're that Jordan Connor, of course, from, from Riverdale. Yep. Um, and what, what, how was the wedding? It was, it was a COVID wedding, I guess, right? Uh, it was, yes. Yeah. So we were supposed to get married in August of 2020, which obviously did not happen. And then we rescheduled it to... September 2021 and it was lovely yeah we got married in Tofino oh beautiful yeah. and and zoom weddings just don't they don't cut it I'm sorry I mean there's there's things you can do on zoom oh yeah uh, I was at a zoom wedding and it just it's, it just doesn't have the same effect I'm sorry yeah I mean no shade to those who've done zoom weddings right, but right. yeah I it's not it wouldn't have been my my choice I think I would have rather waited like 10 years than yeah, <laughs> done one yeah. on zoom personally and uh and Jinjera born in a place that I have believe it or not, I've never been Palm Springs California all my friends you uh, you've never been you got to check it out mm. how, how cool is Palm I'm Springs I'm surprised you've never been to Palm Springs I've been, been to all Reno. over California been yeah. to Reno and, uh, yeah I've been all of the states I've not been to Palm Springs and I'm a huge Sinatra fan oh wow and just to just stare at his place or something so what was life like in Palm Springs because there's an acting gene mm -hmm. in your family there is an acting gene in my family yes um it was fun in palm springs it's definitely like glitz and glam all the streets are named after famous people from the golden age in hollywood um being a teenager in the desert wasn't that fun because everything is separated by highways and nobody really lives in palm springs at least i didn't i lived in rancho mirage which is like a sub I don't know. It's like the Coachella Valley. There's a bunch mm -hmm. of different cities. Mm -hmm. um, probably the coolest thing about growing up in the desert in Palm Springs was that I got to go to Coachella in high school, which obviously <laughs> is a very Tough big life. music festival. Yeah. So that yeah. was fun. That's probably the what I'd say was my favorite part about growing up there was being near that. Now, again, just for the family lineage here, we've had um, we've had your your uh, your aunt. Uh, mm -hmm. on the show yes who camille is mitchell. camille mitchell yeah who is daughter of the legendary cameron mitchell so were you wowed and and impressed beyond belief when you realized who your family was and the kind of stuff your family did oh yeah absolutely of course yeah i was i like i grew up watching my grandpa on on tv and having kind of like the connection through him to so many incredible people in the film industry has been something i've i've always 
you know, been like in awe of, like I always think about the seven degrees of separation. And then I think, oh, I'm, I'm one degree of separation away from Marilyn Monroe. Like that's, <laughs> that's kind of crazy. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a pretty cool stat. Not a lot of people can lay claim to. And I, I remember, Patrick, because we were, we were talking with Camille when she was on the program um, about the names of people. And these were just people that were in and out of her life. And again, again you don't realize the magnitude. I remember talking to uh, the daughter of uh, Dean Martin, mm. and she was like, you know, it was Uncle Frank and Uncle Sammy. Like, I, I, these are the biggest names in in the in the entertainment business. Wow. But to her, they were just folks that her dad knew and brought yeah. home. You well, know? you know, you know, um, it's interesting. I was I was thinking about that, and maybe you guys comment. Is you have to remember this is all pre-social media. We're yeah. in a different time. So, what does that tell you when people have a legacy that somebody's going to do a YouTube video on like your grandfather, like? last week you know what i mean like there's still content coming to me that means that you really did something you know Mm -hmm. incredible you're not like i just did something to be on social media or tiktok last thursday yeah and i think so at the time maybe it wasn't as big of a deal and maybe it's grown you know what i mean like it's grown over time to even be better and more legendary well Mm -hmm. i'll I'll give you an example i interviewed uh, adam cohen years ago who's the father or the son of leonard cohen Mm. And Leonard Cohen is one of these revered, iconic musical figures. And I said, what is it like knowing that your dad is Leonard Cohen? He goes, well, he's just dad. He goes, I've seen the guy sit at the breakfast table in his underwear. Yeah. (laughs) Right, right. He's just dad. To the rest of the world, he's Leonard Cohen, the the legendary musician. So I guess it's kind of like that. But what was that? It wasn't drilled into you, obviously, but because you had this family connection, did that inspire you? Did you say, yeah, I want to do what what my aunt does. I want to do what grandpa did. Yeah, absolutely. I, I 100% have been inspired by my family in, in pursuing my career in acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what was it that you particularly wanted to migrate towards? Because was there, was there any type? I mean, I know you do a lot of voice work. We'll talk about that in a moment. But was there anything in particular that just kind of said, yep, that's, that's for me. That's what I want to do. Yeah, actually, um, I took my first acting class when I was about seven years old and I was studying at the Banff Center for the Arts so that's in Banff Alberta and I was a bit of a shy kid and I also was a very serious kid like very serious Mm -hmm. I I didn't laugh a lot I didn't really like kids that colored like a kangaroo purple like I was like no no kangaroos are brown like you know I was just very serious and it wasn't until I I took an acting class that I I kind of let myself be be myself be free Mm -hmm. be a little bit more lighthearted, enjoy enjoy this you know this art form and i think that's also um something that that kept me wanting to to keep going where back. where did the road launch you what what was the first uh, first thing you did the first thing i did was actually um i worked on arrow oh yes yeah. yes back in Stephen amell yeah yeah yes. back in 20 was that 2013 mm-hmm. the episode came out yeah mm-hmm. and that was actually that was actually kind of like a, a very bizarre accident I was working for an extra agency at the time and um, I had gotten a call that they wanted somebody to do like a silent on camera um, role on arrow and then I was like oh sure I'll do it and I showed up and I was kind of just one of the the masses like one of these girls who had been murdered by this serial killer and I was like oh that's fun and um <laughs> you know I got to fun. dress up I got a <laughs> I got a trailer it was really fun I got Sorry. they did all you know they like drew my veins extra purple I was like wow this is so fun wow um I thought I only had one day and then they called me back and they were like hey we, we really liked Jinjera can she can she come back like we want to kind of make her role a bit bigger and I was like 
what? Like I, and then I, you know, I thought the film industry was like that. I was like, okay, great. You do one thing and then they're just going to like keep embellishing, give you, you know, bigger roles. And I realized like, okay, like that was actually, that was actually just a really fortunate event that happened to me that mm -hmm. I could have my first credit kind of come with it without an audition or anything. It just kind of, you know, snowballed into and you know my first role so that was really fun so are you deliberately trying to broaden the resume by sort of branching out doing more more voice work or is that just something that just happened well i i first started studying acting actually i went to university of victoria but then i went to a school here called vancouver acting school and that was kind of the first time i i, I heard about voice acting i never thought about it ever and they did a, uh, like a con, not a contest, but at the school, they had everybody record a radio PSA. And obviously anyone listening, I'm sure they think I'm maybe I'm like 13 years old. <laughs> my voice sounds so young, but I'm, I'm not, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm a woman. <laughs> um, but because my, my voice sounds so young, I ended up getting this radio um, PSA at the school where I had to sound like a child who had been bullied. So that was kind of the first time I was like, oh, like maybe this unique voice I have can, can kind of be something I could use in my career. So that's actually how I decided to get into voice acting. We hear, we hear a lot about it. You know, it comes up almost every show is like with um, Vancouver Acting School. Yeah. And I bring this up because we have a lot of people that follow and want to like get out of the extra business, go to that next level, do that. So what can you say about Vancouver Acting School? Uh, I think it's a great, great school. It's a great program. Um, they really taught me everything I knew about getting involved in the business. Before going there, I did not know how to find an agent. I didn't know really how the industry worked. I, I remember the first audition I did there, they had us all record. Um, the first day they gave us a, a, you know, a set of sides. They said, just do what you think you would do. And I right. remember on the last day they showed us that same audition back and it was just so terrible like so you just yeah. look at yourself <laughs> yeah yeah so i was like thank god i i went to this this school and learned this because if i had you know somehow landed an agent without knowing how and it just kind of like locked out and i went into an audition room and i had done what i did without any of that knowledge i, I don't think it would have been a good thing so they definitely helped to steer me in the direction of, of learning how the industry works how to properly audition um you know there was a business class there which i found really really helpful and it was a, it was a great oh, program that's awesome. yeah that's great to know. our guest is jinjara mitchell uh, we are talking everything film from the short club in downtown vancouver and i'm guessing and i don't know the answer to this i'm guessing that if you want to do voice work, there's probably certain agents that deal specifically. It's just like if you want a condo, there's realist, realtors that deal with condos versus residential housing. Is there that much diversity in the casting world where there are people that were better for you to sort of get some voice work than acting work? Is that, does that exist? Uh, yeah, so most agencies will have um, like a, a designated voice agent and then they'll have agents that don't specialize in voice. Sometimes the voice agent also specializes in film and TV, but um, you can be, a, you know, you can be with two different agencies for voice and film and TV work. So do a little uh, My Little Pony for me. Do something. Oh, um... <laughs> Are we putting you on the spot? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll think, I, I'll, I'll try and remember one of my lines from the, uh, the time I worked on there. Like, uh, I think I just was, I was a, I was a perfume sales pony when, when I worked on My Little Pony. So. Oh, everybody's been a perfume yeah. sales pony. Come on. <laughs> so I, I think, I think, you know, my line was something along the lines of like, 
Essence? This is chocolate essence. Please, let me spray you. Like, just, you know, something like that. Have you had <laughs> those encounters with, like, young'uns that go, oh, you're that you're that voice. Have you had that experience? Uh, yeah, my, my nephews are in, uh, they're in elementary school, so sometimes when I go to pick them up from school with my sister that, you know, some of the little kids there get kind of excited, <laughs> but yeah. Well, you've got a new project, the Guava Juice Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's uh, tell us about that. What is that? Um, so the Guava Juice Show is a super fun new kids cartoon that's coming out. It's been created by Roy Fabito. He's a YouTuber. I think he has like 16 million subscribers and his wow. kind of channel started with him doing goofy, goofy real life things like taking a bath in Skittles or, or things like this and children just, just love it. And so I guess one of his dreams was to have a cartoon. So now he has um, created a cartoon with Mainframe Studios and it is about him and two of his best friends and they have this um, hot tub that travels through different dimensions. So it's a really fun, I kind of think of it as like a children's um, Rick and Morty. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it kind of reminds me of that. Because Rick and Morty ain't a children's thing. That definitely is not, but but this definitely is, so. Uh, What, uh, the, for purposes of connection here, your husband Jordan uh, Mm -hmm. appeared in drag Mm -hmm. on RuPaul's Celebrity Drag Race. It looked pretty damn good. Yeah. What, What did you think of that whole thing? Oh my goodness, so. Um, I was at a workout class when Jordan called me and said that his agent had called him and asked him if he wanted to go on a show called RuPaul's Drag Race. And I said, um, let me like, just give me a second. So then I like, I was with my friend Emma and I said, what, do you know what this is? I hadn't heard of it. And she was like, he has to go on that show. Like he must. And I was like, okay. So I was like, Jordan, I think you should do this. He talked to his agent. They decided to do it. Um, and yeah, it was, it was insane. I genuinely have never been so impressed by mm-hmm. him as a performer as I was when I saw him on that stage, which is interesting because he's, you know, he doesn't do drag regularly. It's not something he does, but it was just the way that he was able to transform and, and like rise to the occasion. Well, I think also the fact that it takes a certain kind of comfort as, comfort as a man mm-hmm. to, to do that and mm-hmm. be expressive and be accepting and be inclusive. And I think that speaks volumes because I saw the clip and he seemed emotional. He mm-hmm. seemed emotional about doing it and recommended that every man should do it at some point. But that must speak volumes about the quality of, of Jordan as a human being. Oh, absolutely. I think I think that was something that really made me feel extremely proud of him yeah. was, was that he wasn't, you know, I feel like a lot of things have changed in the last decade as far as what people define as masculine and feminine. And to me, it was really like, it was very like not masculine that's not the right word but it was very like he it just to show his comfort in yeah. his who he is as a person that he wasn't going to define himself as oh i'm going to lose masculinity if i were to participate um you know on a on a drag race reality show like the fact that he was able to own that part of yeah. him and find that side of him that was more feminine and and be comfortable enough to do that made him more of a man to me if that makes sense I don't it know does I, yeah did did you meet on set uh, no, we met at Vancouver Acting School. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Have you have you ever had the opportunity to work as well? Not as husband and wife now, but but just have you ever had the opportunity to work together? And the next question is: Are you looking to work together at some point? Um, or maybe Aunt Camille or something yeah. like that. <laughs> uh, so Jordan and I were actually paired together um, at VAS for a scenes. So we worked together in that regard. We've never worked together professionally, but we did um, do a audition together once which was kind of fun mm-hmm. 
Um, and we are working together right now because him and I are both working on producing a, um, a series which we're, which we're going to be um, pitching in April. So that we are working together on. Is there a role for a couple of middle-aged men that are hosting a radio talk <laughs> show by chance? I will, I will let you know yeah, if there you'll, is. You'll, yeah. you'll keep us in mind. If definitely, that, if that definitely, yes. I can't compete with that My Little Pony <laughs> yeah. uh, voiceover. Sorry. Well, a, perf- a perfume sales per- pony, though. Let's, I know. Let's I know. I know. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still back with that. Well, uh, it's been a delight meeting you, Jinjera Mitchell. How do people find you on social media? Uh, my social media is at Jinjera. So that's my first name, J-I-N-J-A-R-A. Have you met another Jinjera? Never. You're, you're one of a kind. I'm one of a kind, yes. <laughs> well, it's a pleasure to meet you. Thanks for yeah, joining us. Yeah, pleasure to meet you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Cheers. Cheers.